Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Early Childhood Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Brown from Platinum Education Group, and I'm thrilled to have you all with us today, wherever you are in this beautiful country of ours um, or outside of Australia. So I've had some beautiful humans contact me from Canada, New York, um, all of my favorite places in the world. So can't wait to catch up with them and have some beautiful conversations. But in today's episode, we're diving into some really complex yet deeply real relevant aspects of childcare business ownership. So it is a real dream for a lot of people, even myself, um, starting in early childhood over 20 years ago and working my way up from being a trainee um, to a 2IC, ed leader, director, and of course, owning my own successful exceeding service. But owning a childcare service is really a labor of love and it comes with its unique joys but of course, it comes with its challenges. So today, I really wanted to explore the four critical dimensions of this journey, which are guilt, letting go, perfectionism, and the weight and the burden that can sometimes feel really overwhelming. And we believe that by addressing these topics head on, we can shed some light on common struggles of childcare providers that we face every single day and offer insights to help navigate the path more smoothly. Now, with our coaching and mentoring, visiting providers in their services, chatting to providers every day on the phone, um, you know, who we love and wanting to support, we hear so many stories and helping so many people through these common challenges. Having been a childcare business of owner myself, I remember when it was always my dream and I was so, so excited for it to finally happen. We went through the whole process and the waiting is the hardest part, like that waiting between um, signing the lease um, or signing the sale agreement and then settlement date. But once, and then you get in there, you do your transition, you get in there and then I mean, look, let's face it, no one sells a perfect center. So you start to, un- it starts to unravel, you start to see all of these little cracks and all of these little things that happen, um, which is fine. It is all part of owning a childcare business, but and it's important to tackle each one at a time. I'm not sure if, I, I, I remember thinking back and for the first two years, I worked in my service from open till close, even beyond just, you know, working each day, building up our team, building up our families. And it's it's so people orientated. So it can be very, very exhausting, but it, it's a real labor of love. So you do it out of love. You do it out of wanting to make a difference every single day for all of the humans that surround us. So our children, our future citizens, our families and supporting our families and of course our team and you know because without supporting our team and their beautiful well-being we wouldn't have our amazing services that we have every single day 
But with the, but what we're finding with working with these providers and through our coaching and mentoring is that these four things keep coming up time and time and time again. And even for myself experiencing them as a childcare owner, I remember thinking back like for the first two years, I remember calling it my volunteer job because I would go and I it was we have a real passion with taking over underperforming centers and turning them around. So taking over that center, we had more um, educators than children, and it was sad. Like we remember joking that you wouldn't even take your um, your dog there. Like it was it was it was terrible. It was in a really bad condition. We did have some children, luckily, so we were earning some kind of income. But as soon as you do it, that weight and that burden of having to pay and there it's on your shoulders to have to pay your team for their own livelihoods and for their families. So you have to ask yourself, you know, and to make sure that that income is coming in. So we're going to shed some light on those four topics today and hopefully give you a bit of advice and some strategies with how to navigate that more smoothly. So whether you're a senior, a seasoned childcare professional looking for some fresh perspectives or someone considering entering the rewarding field, this episode is designed to provide you with valuable insights, practical advice, and also the reassurance that you are not alone in the challenges you face. Because I feel like I want to normalize this. This is normal. And it isn't just childcare business. I think childcare business ownership is amplified because we are in the people business. So we have people around us 24 hours a day almost, 12, let's say 12, we're sleeping for the other 12 or with our families. But we have people around us all the time needing, wanting um, and to be there for them. So there's certain things that it's really important to make sure that you have in place for yourself and making sure that you get that support that you need um, so that you can continue to make a positive impact on the lives of the children and your team. So before we get started, if I can remind you to please share this with all of your other fellow childcare providers, educators, and anyone passionate out there about early childhood, because your support helps us reach more people and make a positive impact on the lives of children, teams, and obviously their educators. So without further ado, let's get started on enlightening journey to explore the complexities and of course, the joys of childcare business ownership. So thank Thanks so much for being here and let's embark on this journey together. So the first one I wanted to go over was the guilt. So coping with the guilt when owning a business can be so challenging. And if you're listening to this, I think this is really good to share with some of your team who because you do not, like nobody understands what it feels like to be a childcare business owner if you're not a childcare business owner. And the guilt is one of those things and I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't go away. Like it doesn't go away. And it's the guilt of time. So the time guilt is particularly if you're a multi-service provider or a one service provider, but you've also got your other obligations and your family who you want to split that time with as well. We say when you become a childcare business owner, it becomes your life because generally your children are there on weekends, um, you're doing renovations, you're doing all of the projects and all of the amazingness that you want to create in your service. And it does take up a lot of time for quite some time 
for you to be able to get it to the standard that you would want it to be at. But the guilt, it doesn't go away. It's always there. And it's that dilemma around, um, so the time guilt, which is spending your time and where should you spend your time when you're with your family, you're guilty, you're not supporting your team and your families and your children. When you're with your when you're at your center, you're like, well, I'm giving all of this to my families, my team and my children, but what about my children and my family? So it's about, you know, creating that balance for yourself to really, and have compassion. Like, I think there's a big thing and one of our topics we're going to talk about today is perfection. So we'll delve into that when we get into that subject. But for this one, for the guilt, like it will always be there, but it's about learning to live with that guilt but creating some boundaries for yourself within that. So if you have a really clear set of values that you live by and a clear set of um, so personal and business values and really understanding what matters most to you and what you can and what you stand for and provide a solid foundation for your decision-making because that's the other thing. We can feel guilty about our decisions and particularly if you get a um, negative response to a survey or you get a family complaint and in an email or you um, a family says something when they come in on pickup or drop-off or a team member is unhappy or you perceive them to be unhappy – in those times, you can really struggle and and that is a massive ethical conflict that, you know, because it is that labor of love, we go home and we think about it and we dwell on it and we our brain just can't stop processing that information. But what it is, it's creating those boundaries in your day, knowing that you're meeting up to your values and your own ethics and also seeking guidance. Sometimes when we're in it, um, I call it the black dot theory. And I'm sure it relates to the broken window theory, if you know that one. But when if we have a black dot on the wall in your service and you're working there every single day and this black dot, it can be as big as a, an A4 piece of paper. Eventually, what will happen is that you'll stop seeing the black dot in your service because you see it every single day. So sometimes it's about making sure that you're working on your business, not in your business. And thinking about all the way from the beginning with what you want your role to be in the service and setting your service up and your team up to make sure that you're working towards that role from day one. But it's being really clear. So when you're not clear, make sure that you have some guidance. Make sure that you have somebody who you can consult with, mentor, advisor, experts who can provide an objective perspective. So when you are looking at that black dot and you see it every day and you're in it, you care about the people, it is really, really difficult to make an objective decision. So it can really help guide you and make informed decisions to alleviate those feelings of guilt and I often find with guilt, if you relate it back to the law, the regulations, your policies and procedures, um, we've got New South or the health department from any state that you're listening in, we've got, um, you know, red nose, there are so many different places that we and reputable sources that we can seek information from that mostly all decisions have come from them, not us. So sometimes when we give them, that information, it can take that guilt and that burden off us 
rather than um, actually coming from us. It's not our decision. This is based on this and this is our company's stance or policy and procedure around that so that it's very clear and transparent. And then the next one is just being able to communicate that. So being open and honest with your communication. So, and that's with everyone, your families, your employees, anyone that you work with that can reduce the guilt. And also that vulnerability, like let them know, like I feel really guilty about this I don't, or I don't feel good about this. This is not a good conversation or this is a really tough decision that I'm making, but this is a decision based on and that's where you bring all the reputable sources in place. We would love to be able to make all of these beautiful decisions like, you know, pay our team a million dollars, what they're worth, that would be amazing. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, our business would not be sustainable long term. So we need to be able to find out what that balance is to be able to have a sustainable long term business, but also be able to sleep at night. So, and there have been nights, I remember, oh my goodness, there were nights that I could not sleep. Like there were nights when I was, I I just got up, I was like, nope, there's not even any point in trying anymore and just agonizing over these decisions and that feeling of guilt. Like after the first, um, because I was always doing coaching, training, mentoring, advising, guiding whilst running my business. So there was often times when I was not there. So I heavily relied on my team, which I was so blessed and grateful that I had such an amazing team that I could rely on. And But the guilt didn't stop. I was guilty when I was there and I was guilty when I wasn't there for both sides of our business. So this is the first time um, since selling my business that I've only been focusing on one element and one aspect. And there are so many aspects of running my childcare business that I really miss. Uh, But at the same time, the reason that I did this was so that I can help and make a bigger impact on all of you amazing people. So the next one is around like balancing. So balancing your self-compassion with accountability. So there's two types of personalities with business owners. There's those providers that are like, yeah, okay, whatever goes. And then there's those other providers, which I'm going to talk to in a little bit, like-minded providers around aiming for excellence. So aiming for that real benchmark of early childhood and creating that center of excellence. And that comes with its own challenges. So we'll go there in a minute. But really just about having that self-compassion. So while it's important to be accountable for all of your actions, and it's equally important to practice your own self-compassion. So when we recognize that mistakes and difficult decisions are all part of the journey of running a business, we can learn from them and we can use them as opportunities for growth rather than dwelling in the guilt. So at the same time, take responsibility for any wrongdoing and don't be afraid, like say to your team, say to your family, say to your children, I'm really sorry, I made a mistake here, but I have learned from this for next time. That is what life is all about. You know, fail, F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. If you haven't failed, it means you're not growing. You're not learning. You're not doing anything. So we really want to celebrate and just know upfront that you will fail. You will make mistakes. There will be things that you will decide on or there will be things that will happen that sometimes out of your control, sometimes because of a decision that you've made. And that is okay because we are human. 
but it's about taking responsibility for that and making amends when necessary. And I, oh, Brene Brown is, I love her so much. So it's really just about, yeah, just going into it with that vulnerability and um, accepting it and taking responsibility for it. Now, the other one is just to review and adapt our business practices. So if we regularly evaluate what we're doing in our business and all of our processes and systems to ensure that they align with our values, if you find that certain aspects of your business are causing you guilt or discomfort, consider making necessary changes to bring your business more in line with your own personal and business principles. So these are some tips around the natural human emotion of guilt and it's really normal to experience it at different times in your business. And I want to preface at this stage, you and also your business will go through different stages. It's like when we're driving a car. And um, I know a lot of us don't have them anymore because we've got those, um, what are they called? The gearboxes that have, um, they're like manual and automatic at the same time. We don't have the gears, we don't have to change the gears anymore. But when we did, and if you still do, gosh, I love you out there if you still drive a manual car in in the traffic, but um, you change the gears. The gears go down, so you go one, two, three, four, five, but then the gears go back up as well. So they go back up and they come back down. And that is the same as your business and yourself and us as humans. We can go up the gears where we might be like highly performing Um, or we can come back down the gears so we can be at a one today and or I might be at a five today. So you can even start that. I read um, an article today that a really high businessman CEO, he actually writes on the wall for his team every single day where he's at. So he gives himself a rating out of 10 um, with where he's at for his mental fitness for the day. And his team can see that really, really clearly. And underneath the big score on the wall, um, he's got um, all 10 questions. So he's got a set of 10 questions, um, which I'm happy to share with you all. I'll send them all over. And um, so it's encouraging his team to also think about where they're at for that day. So whether it's relationships, whether it's your business, whether it's leadership, whether it's personal, it's thinking about how much do I have to give or can I give today? How much do I have to give and how much can I give today? And I'm not going to lie, there are times in your business where you need to just put your big girl pants on or big boy pants on and step up. And that is just reality because your vibe attracts your tribe and whatever energy you walk into that into your setting with is the energy that is going to rub off on every single other person in your service. So it's really important before you walk in to check in with yourself. And this is why it's important not to vent to others in your service and to make sure that you have a confidant, make sure that you have somebody that you can trust, that you can go to that is outside side of your organization who can listen and be there for you to support you, guide you and provide that mentorship. The next common challenge we come up with and I it was just every single coaching client, every single person who's leading a business, a service, leading a team and this is this is important. It's about letting go. So when we have a small business, it can be challenging but necessary for your step for growth and sustainability, whether you need to delegate tasks, trust your team more, or eventually 
work out an exit strategy for the business. So let's talk about some tips for letting go. My, I'm a really big believer in, um, what are they called? Mantras, affirmations. Those are the words I'm searching for. And I used to repeat to myself, I, tr- I trained you, I trust you, but you've got to put, either put in that work in the beginning to train your team to get them to the standard that you want them to be at. And it's about your job is to clarify your values and you are the vision. So at every single opportunity, your job is to communicate your vision and what you want it to be. People need clear direction. Like just like we've got the law and just like children need boundaries, so does your team. They need a really clear understanding and guideline around what the vision is. And is this okay? Is this in line with our vision? Is this not in line with our vision? Is this our philosophy? Like who are we? What do we stand for? So the clearer you are, the more time you put into this, the further you break it down and actually delve into why, why are we doing this? Why do we believe in this? And getting people on board with your vision, the easier it will be to trust them to and let go. And it's putting in that time. If you can't put in that time to train them, get somebody else in who can train them, who does align with the same values that you have and the same vision that you have, or create a vision um, so that your team is really clear moving forward. Now we want to make sure, and we've got a whole podcast on delegation. So that's not just for childcare owners, it's also for leaders. And it's something that we struggle with. And for many, many different reasons, um, we sometimes don't want to put a burden on anyone else, but in actual fact, we are disempowering and we're taking away that responsibility from our team. So we have to be really mindful that we feel like we're doing the right thing and taking everything all on us and our shoulders as the owner or approved provider or director. But in actual fact, we're sending them the message that we do not trust them. So we want to make sure we can entrust our team with responsibilities and decision-making authority. We want to make sure that we hire competent and trustworthy individuals and train them well. The training is the key. Everyone is going to be at a different point and at a different level of knowledge within your organization. This is a fact. But the training and teaching them and mentoring them is where you are going to succeed. So putting the time in here means that anyone else that comes onto your team, they can then train them because you have put in the time to train your leaders and they, they can mentor and buddy up to be able to teach them for the future. So there is a flow on effect and you trust them and that is the culture that you will create in your service. So we want to make sure that we give them the freedom to perform their roles because micromanaging can be counterproductive and can hinder your business's growth. So the other thing is as well that sometimes we'll say, oh, I like to make decisions with my team and, and be a collaborative leader and work together to make decisions. But your team are looking up to you to make the decisions. That is what your role is. Like, I don't like these wording either, but at some point in time, you need to realize that you are the boss. 
just like we say, like, you know, the parent is the parent. You're not a friend. You're not like the, you're not anything else. You are the boss. At the end of the day, we can have really beautiful, meaningful relationships with every single person in our team and we should. But at the end of the day, you're the boss. So it's important to be able to make those clear decisions and listen to our team around what they are. We want to make sure we set clear expectations and goals. So clearly communicate our expectations and establish measurable goals for our team. So when everyone understands their roles and what the desired outcome is, it's, it becomes much, much easier to step back and let our own team take charge. So when we went through a and I'm the, I'm the business owner. One of my girls, my assistant director, because we I didn't, we didn't look at it like that. We were all on par, every single person I invested in to get them up to a leadership potential. I had 100% confidence that whoever ran and talked to the assessor on that day was you know, going to do an amazing job. So whilst I was, I was continuing to do some things in the yard, um, my assistant director took the assessor around and the assessor wrote in our notes, like she could see and sense how much trust and faith was there. As the owner, I was there, but it didn't matter which one of us did any part of that role or any part of that day or job, because all of us had 100% confidence and trust in each other. And, and that is what we need to build. Like I have, a, I have a saying and I know I say it all the time, you know, our, if we're a candle and we pass on our light to other candles to light them, we take nothing away from our flame. But what we do do is make the room so much brighter. And that is what our role should be. And that, you know, leaving that legacy behind to be able to, for them to say, I, and I just heard this today. I heard a beautiful um, human tell me this today. I wouldn't be the person I was today. And I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have today if it wasn't for them. So it's passing that on to others. It's having that trust and legacy to build a really strong team. And to build a really strong team, it means investing that time and effort in the early days and building a capable team. Surrounding ourselves with people who share our vision and our values. Having the right people in place can boost our confidence in letting go and knowing our team is aligned with all of our business and personal goals. Now, the hardest thing in business, when you have a relationship with people, and I repeat, we are in the people business, in the relationships business, that's what we are all about, is letting someone go when you like them. But if you keep somebody around just because you like them, but they're not doing their job and they're your lowest performer, that is the quickest way to lose your performing educators. They need to see that you're not going to keep people like that around because it's only adding a burden onto their shoulders. It's not helping them at all. So really being able to make those decisions and those calls in those times. We want to establish in this, I cannot advocate for this more. Jake and I do so much advocating for this. We want to establish effective systems and processes. And this is what we do. This is what our jam is. This is what we're great at. And it's so hard because people don't know the value of those systems and processes. But once you have those in place and you they are effective and they're, stand, they're, they're created for your organization and for your business, 
business. It is clear, it is well-defined and they are in place and they can provide a sense of security around delegation of tasks and consistency and quality of your service. We have over 88 systems and processes that we need to have in an early childhood setting. So starting with those at the foundation and at a base point, but that is to get meeting. If you want to get exceeding, you need to go well and truly above that, but it adds clarity around everything that you're doing in your organization. One, like 100% of the time when you walk into a service and it's chaotic and confusing and you've got people, they're like, I don't know. I don't know what happens there. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that looks like. Oh, I don't know. That's because there's no systems and processes and it's really common. It's really, really common to see this in services because yes, we get carried away. We get caught up. I call it in um, drinking the jumbo juice. You get caught up in the service amongst everything and what happens is the owner, we become that crazy chaotic person too. But they need to look up to us and you need to step outside of that and stop drinking the jumbo juice not be a part of it. You are there to support. And it's like a child. If a child is having a massive tantrum, they don't need our chaos. They don't need us to step in and start yelling and also having a tantrum with them. It's about co-regulating, but we need to be at that point where we can step in, not a part of it, step in to support, guide and mentor the people in our organisation. And this is really, really crucial. And it's all part of learning to trust. So trust is so essential to letting go. And trust is earned, like trust is earned over time. But the best way to build trust is really to get to know the people in your team. So get to know everyone at a, on a human level. Take them out, go to social events, do things together in a bonding way, do challenges together. So it brings teams together when you go through challenges and you have triumphs. But trust your team's ability and the processes that you've put in place. Remember, I trained you, I trust you. If, it, everything, if they get stuck, they can look at those processes because those systems and processes are going to be very clearly documented. Trust that they have the best interests of your business at heart and it can be challenging, but trust is fundamental to delegating and empowering your team. We want to stay informed and involved. So be really clear with your team. This is this is this is hard. Like I think this is one of the most challenging things as an owner. And this is why I think it's important to to really be clear on what you want your role to be long term. And what I mean by that is think about what you want your life to be like. So let's just say you're buying a service. Think about what you want your life to be like in two to five years and journal it out, like write it out, create that vision. And then every single moment in your service will be about creating that vision. So, and that will inform your decision-making and never, ever forget that. Never, ever forget what you're aiming for and where you want to be spending your time and what you want to be doing. Because a lot of people will go in, which is one of the joys and one of the advantages and one of the positives. A lot of people will go into a childcare business for freedom. 
And whether that's um, financial freedom, whether that's time freedom, whether that's, you know, the freedom to make your own decisions, those are the, that is one of the joys and one of the positives. And I'm not taking that away from you by any means. But if you want to have those things, you need to think about what you want your life to be like and spend every day working on that. You're not going to have it straight up. You're going to have to hustle. Like you're going to have to hustle, but don't get caught up drinking the jumbo juice. Remember why you're there and remember what you want your final outcome to be because you will have to make decisions around spending more money, investing in your service, getting people in to help you. Um, That's also hard because that is a challenge we go through thinking we can do it ourselves. It's really crucial to, and you'll get there a lot quicker getting experts in to be able to help you and guide you along the process but just don't be afraid to do those things early on remembering why you are there so really um, and then deciding what you want to be informed about so this is so we manage services um, for approved providers across Australia and the serv- and this is something that we discuss very early on is around what do you want to be informed about? So informed and involved. So we should always let go of certain tasks, but it's deciding which ones they are. But it's essential to stay informed about the overall state of your business. So how are you going to do that? What items do you want to be stay informed or involved with? So you need to have these conversations and it's also important for you not to be completely hands off because your team need to see that you care. Um, And so this involves reviewing your financial reports regularly, monitoring key performance indicators, staying connected with your team to ensure that your business is on track and do visits like even if you go in once a month if you're not a hands-on provider that's so fine go in once a month check in on everyone take a gift with you donuts you're doing such a great job thank you thank you thank you so much and really have that gratitude um, when you go in and then look at all the things and ask the questions that you need to Um, consider asking for professional help. So this may include consulting with a business or financial advisor to guide you through the process of um, transitioning into your new ownership. And it's really crucial to know your numbers. As a business owner, you need to know your numbers. And a lot of people especially if you're a teacher moving up, it's hard. We don't understand the numbers, but you have to educate yourself with understanding what a P&L looks like, what's a balance sheet, a budget. So many private services still don't even have a budget and they're like, I don't know what they're complaining about. They don't have a budget, but that's because they care about you. They don't know and it's not clear how much money they have to spend. So whilst it sounds counterintuitive, having a budget, I guarantee you, your team will prefer to have clarity around how much they have to spend on certain things each month. We want to make sure that we take care of your own well-being. So letting go can be so emotionally challenging. So making sure that you're taking care of your own mental fitness and well-being and physical well-being. So get support from a business coach, a counsellor, go to the gym to help you navigate this transition And then celebrate, celebrate your achievements. So as you let go of things and you let your team take on more responsibility, celebrate their successes, give credit where credit is due, acknowledge their accomplishments, reinforce their confidence and your trust in them. The more that you show them, 
remember, I trained you, I trust you. The more that you trust them, the more that you demonstrate these skills, abilities, values, and um, overall energy, everyone else will lift and everyone else will step up and want to really be a part of that vision. Every single person has an innate need to be good enough. So it's really up to us to make sure that we're saying, you are good enough. You are amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you do every single day. You are amazing. And be specific. What are they amazing at? What are they doing that is awesome? So letting go can lead, can lead to more efficient and scalable businesses. Like how do you expect to buy your second, third, fourth business if you're not going to be able to let go and free up your time and energy for strategic planning and growth opportunities. So it takes time and it's okay to start small and gradual. Even if you are hands-on and you that's what you want for your whole life, you're just happy to be that um, hands-on person. But you also need to ask yourself, do you intend to take time off? Do you intend to be there, you know, 12 hours a day, every single day? I don't think so. So, and it wouldn't be healthy. So if you are in that predicament, get in touch because um, we can help you with some strategies because I don't want anyone out there to feel like they're doing this alone. You are not alone. Reach out, connect, um, come to our network group. We've got a free network group once a month. Come and for directors, approved providers from across Australia, we meet online um, and we chat and we hear from amazing guest speakers and what the feedback that I get from that group, we've been running it for five years now. And the feedback I get from that group is, I, it is just so nice to know that I'm not alone and that I am going through this and that other people are going through this as well. And if that's all that it is and just that connection that you need and that you're looking for, yeah, come get in touch and let's connect. All right, the next one is perfection. So striving for excellence. And this is something I like that I suffer from. And it is just knowing that you need to be, and it's not even a competition about anyone else. It's about my own standards and having to be better and better my own standards every single day. So how can I be better tomorrow? And that's it. So who am I today? How can I be better tomorrow? What can I do better tomorrow? So it's striving for excellence and wanting your business to meet those high standards. So not even aiming for exceeding, but aiming for excellence. And that's the thing you can do and do and do everything you can, but sometimes you cannot control what happens on the day like a wedding, right? You put in all that time, preparation, energy, you plan every single point up to every single little detail, you dot every I, you cross every T, I've got this. And then somehow on the day, something just doesn't go according to plan. But on the day, if you focus on that one little tiny element that didn't go well and you let it ruin your entire day. What was all of that beautiful preparation for? So it's really about preparing, enjoying the journey, documenting your journey, being a part of it, getting everyone involved and being really proud and celebrate the shit out of every single achievement that you have in your service. And how can you do that? And who can you do that with? And mark every single occasion that you have. But here are some strategies to help you cope with the struggle for perfection and maintain a healthy balance as a small business owner. So I'll tell you a story before I start. So when I was um, running my service and we were, 
it was a journey, right? So it was a really heavy journey. I'm so lucky and, and blessed of the team that I had with me during that journey. Um, so thank you all out there. But um, with that journey, I used to say all the time, no. And I used to just have tunnel vision to be like, it is not where I want it to be. We can do this better. We can do that better. We're, and we're in there and we're seeing all those little nuances that people wouldn't even see. And even it didn't, it doesn't matter. And it wouldn't matter. All of the positive feedback we got in the world from families, from the team, from people coming in and visiting, it doesn't matter. What matters is what we see in our own perception. And when you're in your business, and this is for certain people who have this, um, I don't even know what to call it, like ailment of perfection, we cannot see how amazing it is in it. We cannot see it. I had my team say to me, they're like, Lisa, I don't think you realize how amazing our service is. I had one of my educators tell me this and I'm like, oh, you're just saying that we've got to do all this, this, this. And we just think in our brains, all of these, like this list that we have in our brain. And I'm telling you, and this is with a wholehearted truth, I did not see it. We went through A&R, we got exceeding. I was still like, you know what? We're not, we're not there. We're not perfect. We're not meeting that vision. We're not not, um, you know, because why I'm aiming for excellence, you know, it was amazing. And we celebrated, we did a beautiful reveal for exceeding. And yes, it was such a proud moment. Um, and I remember, um, cause I kept it to myself for a little bit and then did the reveal. And I remember the moment that, cause there's nothing like it. Like we've got exceeding for so many other centers. Um, but when it's your own, like that feeling of getting exceeding, uh, I remember that moment with my husband and I'm like, we did it. Like, we actually got it. Like we got exceeding. And whilst you know that I'm getting teary, but whilst you know that, you know, you're good. Yeah. Okay. We're good. What we're offering is good, but you still think that you've got so far to go because you see all of the things on that list that you still are yet to accomplish. And you see those things, you see all of the, um, you know, like a rose and like uh, if you imagine like the roses or these layers of petals, but on the inside petals, it's starting to wilter and, but you can see inside, but no one else can really see inside the rose. It's just you. And we see those things. We see like those cracks. We see those little crannies, but it's not until now that I look back, you know, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I was looking at some photos the other day and I was like, man, you know what? We were really amazing. And I'm going to start sharing some of the beautiful, amazing practices that we had in our service with you all because we like we were truly amazing. Like we were um, and, you know, now it sounds so stupid of me sitting here saying we were amazing, but we were. But my point is I didn't see it. And that's that is my wholehearted truth that I did not see it at the time. And I'm so I don't know. I don't even know what word, but disappointed, I suppose, that I didn't allow myself to feel it in those moments and to celebrate it um, in that moment for what it was. But it's just the truth. And it is just a fact. Like sometimes because we're overachievers, we just don't see it in the moment. So I really want you, like you're, you guys are in those moments right now. I can't go back to those moments, but you guys are back in those moments right now. You're there. So really make sure that you make the most of those moments and whatever you focus on, 
in your day is what you are going to attract more of. So be in those times of joy, be in those times of gratitude, be in those times of noticing all of the amazing things that are happening in your service and you will have more of those. It'll be amplified. Um, so be realistic. So set your um, set realistic standards. Make sure that you get to that meeting level first and then everything else will be above that. So once you get to that meeting level, everything else will then be working towards exceeding. Then you want to prioritize your tasks. So identify which aspects of your business truly require, and it's not even perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. Now I say progress, progress over perfection. And but it's you got to learn it. You got to keep like saying it to yourself. All of these mantras: progress over perfection. But think about which areas could function more effectively and with high quality. Focus on those areas first. And this is what we help our clients with. We pick four priorities. Team priority, children priority, leadership or management priority, and then a center priority. Because often the center priority can be done by the approved provider so it doesn't impact the team. And so think about those priorities, really narrow it. And everything comes back to your QIP. Everything comes back to your self-assessment. So make sure that you have that document right. It is the second most important document, the first being your philosophy in your service. The next one is embrace like the minimum viable product concept. So 80% is good. And I read this thing about good enough parenting, like we're a good enough parent. And I was like, you know what, like for people that are pretty slack and pretty lazy, like of course they they couldn't look at this. But if you are an overachiever, being a good enough service, like being actually like this and being clear on what exceeding is, Um, is really, really important. So it allows you to gather feedback, make necessary improvements and refine your offerings over time. So rather than delaying the launch of something because it is not perfect, there is no such thing. Yes, it's a journey, but there's no such thing. Practice time management. So use time management techniques to set, set clear boundaries on how much time you allocate to specific tasks. And this helps you to prevent overworking on a single project and allows you to move on to other important tasks. Know who your team is so you can also delegate tasks to them. And don't be hard on them. Like make sure you're clear. Listen to our episode on delegating. It's really amazing and it goes into a lot of detail. I'm not going to go into detail now. Um, Seek feedback and input. So encourage open communication with your team, everyone there. Provide any valuable feedback and insights. Don't take things personally. Goodness, that is the biggest thing. Do not take it personally. And remember that multiple perspectives can lead to a better outcome and better solution. If you've got a team and encourage solution-focused mindset learn from your mistakes analyze what went wrong make necessary adjustments practice self-compassion again be kind to yourself understand that you're not infallible and that everyone makes mistakes or encounters imperfections avoid self-criticism self-talk and just tell yourself progress over perfection and it is like running a childcare business is a marathon it is not a sprint so make sure that you map it out and you've got a clear map and journey with how you are going to get there and set those clear objectives around what it is and how you're going to get there and break them up into smaller steps. So all of that should be considered in your QIP and self-assessment. And of course, again, and I cannot say this highly enough, celebrate your achievements um, and make sure that you have 
processes in order to do that. So perfectionism can be a double-edged sword. It can be the driving force for excellence, yes, but it can also hinder your progress and create unnecessary stress. And what brings true to me actually is, you know how they say, um, how many TikToks or how many videos do people have still saved in drafts that people have never seen because they think, oh, they're not perfect. Nobody will see them. You know, the truth is that you can't pick it. You just don't even know. You don't even know what's going to hit or go viral. Just put it all out there, be yourself. And that's all that anyone can ask for. But make sure that it is clear what the objectives are. And then the last one is the burdens and weight of being a business owner. And these are things like, you know, financial pressure, long hours and hard work. You've got that risk and uncertainty, employee management, regulatory requirements, customer satisfaction. So, and we've got beautiful customers, our little our little friends, and then of course our families who are our customers. So making sure that everybody is um, satisfied and getting their feedback. That competitive pressure, there's more and more centres opening up. Um, you know, you might be an older centre and you've got all of these new big U-boot centres operating, um, you know, across the road, down the road, next street over. Um, my first centre that I was ever a director at actually we they were the first center on the street and then um when shortly up they then had eight centers on the same street so we had eight centers on the exact same street but when you are the best at what you do people will come to you they'll go to the other centers until you have space so it's really about getting that competitive edge knowing what your secret source is and what makes you unique having a really solid like your your philosophy is the most important document knowing who you are and really striving towards that vision and achieving that excellence um, isolating, so that burden and pressure of feeling isolated. So the the higher you are up in a company, the high, like the more I guess managerial role that you have, the less and less people around you that you really truly have to support you, because then your role becomes supporting them. So who do you have around you? Who are your circle? Who do you, who do you surround yourself by? Who do you work with? Who's a mentor, coach, um, advisor that you can work with to be there for you? Um, balancing multiple roles. We wear so many hats. I was like, what's your role? And they're like, which one? Taking off all their hats. Like you're balancing their multiple roles. So we have so many hats. And there was this really beautiful quote that I remember and it said, our first job as a CEO is working out, is making, like our final job is making ourselves redundant. And what he meant by that was which how, which hat can I take off first? So looking at which hat you can take off first, who can you delegate it to? Who can I train? Who would be good at this? And that should be your primary objective as a CEO, a proof provider, making yourself redundant. Um, so you want to make sure that you can, and when you have to, that you can mentally balance these roles and start delegating, start empowering your team and trusting your team. And pressure to innovate. So sometimes this can be really crippling. So that innovation, and it's crucial for small businesses to adapt and grow. And we've got constant, particularly in our 
profession we've got constant pressure to come up with new ideas and improvements and practices and processes and all of the changes to all of the different legislations that govern what we do and it can be really demanding so follow people be a part of things um, associations pages groups businesses where they can tell you have you heard of these changes have you got this so I'm still coming up with services who still don't have their sleep risk assessments so make sure just as a side note sorry guys but with your um, with the changes from the 1st of October, you do need to have a sleep risk assessment in place and that is for all ages. Now, to manage the, the weight and burden, make sure that you delegate, look at your time management, financial planning, seek support, self-care, have those strategies and those tools there, continuous learning. So stay informed about those industry trends, regulations and innovations, and then celebrate your successes. So how are you going to do that? And of course, the joys, but I really wanted to go over those four challenges um, because there are so many joys. And, you know, looking back now, I really wish that I could um, really have recognized. um, And that's what I mean. And that's why I wanted to share. And that's why I love going into services. I visited one service this week. Every service is so different and so unique. I visited one and at different places. Remember the gears, the gears in the car. But I visited one service this week and it was honestly beautiful. And all it was, and and of course, there's always things where they can improve and we can build on practices and go deeper with their documentation or systems or processes or practice. But um, the this service particular, the the owner of the service couldn't see how amazing the service was and it just triggered me so it triggered my um memory that I was like you know I was I get it like I totally get it you cannot see it in the moment but try really try and give yourself like when you stand at the front of your center just think in your mind that you're walk pretend that you are walking in for the first time like my biggest it wasn't even getting exceeding for me that was like a um the biggest realization. It wasn't even my team, like one of my team members coming to me being like, you know, I just don't think you realize how amazing this service is. Um, you know what it was for like, there was a, there's certain moments where you're like, oh yeah, what we're doing is actually great. One of those moments was we had a child psychologist. Um, they came in to work with one of our children in our service and they were coming in for quite a long time. So, you know, six to 12 months to work with one of our children. And, when they left and we had a beautiful relationship with them um, we would obviously talk to them learn what we could from them um, and a relationship that went on for many many years to come thank goodness because she was amazing at what she did like and her her passion and ability to give and her kindness was just incredible like incredible an incredible human what she did for some of our families out of the goodness of her heart was just I couldn't even fathom it was amazing and so grateful and so blessed for her, for her time and energy that she gave us. Um, but the moment for me was um, after the child had left the, that she was working with, she came to us and she said, you know what, I've been working here for six to 12 months. Um, I love you guys so much. I love what you do. I, you know, I see, see it every time I come and I want to bring my own child here. And that moment, because we respected her so much and for her to say this and for her to bring her child there um, and most of our parents were teachers themselves. So 
these things for me were, you know, indicators that we were on the right track and we were doing the right thing um, and we were going somewhere. But yeah, but hold on to these moments of joy. Um, write them down. Remember them. Look at them often. We also have these like bad day books where, um, you know, all of those beautiful comments and, and messages that you get from families, um, you put in your bad day book and you just look through it when you're having a bad day and it just lightens you up and you remember why you do what you do and whether it's photos and those beautiful experiences that you do with the children um, it's really important to have those systems in place for celebrating all of those beautiful milestones along the way um, and the joys of course you know independence and autonomy um, creativity so being able to build something of your own your direct impact um, and living out your own vision personal growth goodness me there is so much personal growth in owning a business um, flexible work-life balance um, financial potential job creation pursuit of your passion um, recognition and reputation diverse skill set legacy building problem solving and sense of achievement so this episode was meant to show you that you're not alone out there. There are people going through these and these are really common things that most leaders in business go through and business owners. And the other thing as well, I think it's important that your team hear this message because as I said, like without owning a center or, you know, really heavily being involved. So whether you're a CEO for, you know, a childcare company or something, you know, you may feel some of these things also. And I do hope you feel some of these things. Um, It is easier when you have a bit of a Um, like disconnect and it's not all on your shoulders but I do think that you like I really hope that you know you do feel some of these things because you're human and you care and that's the other thing isn't it it's like we feel so deeply that about this because we care and that is such a positive thing And so I hope you're listening. Please, if you don't own a service and you're working in a service, please have compassion for your beautiful leaders out there because this is what they have on their shoulders every single day. This is what keeps them up at night and this is what they're thinking about. So be kind, be grateful and um, just be really um, blessed that you have amazing people supporting you and working. you're working with people that care. Um, so thanks for listening. Let me know out there what your challenges are and perhaps when you started your service, what you were surprised by. Um, as I said earlier in the episode, like I don't know if anyone told me that I wouldn't be, if, if I didn't get paid for the first two years, I don't know if I would have done it. And it's insane like to work harder than you've ever worked in your entire life um, out of your labor of love and knowing that there's going to be that, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel, it's going to get easier, Um, you know, and even that moment of like, when is it okay to pay myself? When should I bring these people on? Like these are all steps in your business journey that everyone goes through and that we help with our coaching and advisory service. So you're not alone we're here. There's beautiful humans around that love supporting you. So thank you all so much for listening wherever you are. Um, it's much longer episode than I anticipated. I was like, how am I going to talk about this for half an hour? And we're here we are an hour later. <laughs> so if you're still here listening, thank you so much. Please make sure to make every moment count, whatever you're doing. You are amazing. You are truly, truly a blessing to everyone around you for caring so much and being there every single day. So I look forward to catching you in next week's episode. 
Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.